If you needed any proof the Preds and Jets hate each other, just look at last night's game as a pretty good example. And isn't it fitting that in a game that featured a fight, a couple of big hits, a couple of angry scrums, it's the Preds' little MMA enforcer dude that gets a big monkey off his back and helps the Preds win. Let's talk about it today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I wish all of you could see the dance party that Anna and I just had to the intro music. Hi, everybody. This is the Locked On Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast that's available to you wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. Also want to mention today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, which is now the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Uh yeah. What a what a game, man. What a game that <laughs> true to form of the Predators Jets rivalry featured just a little sampling of everything. Yeah, this game, this was 60 minutes of, oh my gosh, and holy cow, and what the, you know, it was intense. And we knew going in, it was going to be a great game because you've got two of the top goaltenders in the league. You've got Nashville kind of trying to revive their effort and kind of bounce back from, you know, a rough inconsistent start to the season and then you've got this powerhouse offense scoring left and right with Winnipeg and it all just came together it was a little bit like Mentos and Diet Coke last night on the ice it was a whole thing for 60 minutes yeah, I should have said that for your one word, Mentos and Diet Coke. Dang it. Yeah, it's it just seems like anytime the Preds and Jets play each other, there's just like a bingo card of nonsense <laughs> that you can just go yes. through and check all the boxes. We had a fight. Yep. We had some after the whistle shenanigans uh, at mm-hmm. the very end of the game. Pierre-Luc Dubois, you are a king of bleep housery. Good sir. <laughs> yes. Dating yes. all the way back to your Columbus Blue Jackets days. Uh, and then there were some unlikely heroes that helped yes. the Preds win this game, which that is another theme over the years of the Preds-Jets rivalry. There's always seems to be somebody you don't expect that steps up and be the hero. We, of course, don't need to remind you of uh, Brandon Tana from uh, you know a few years ago in the playoffs. Uh, we've had some good uh, Eric Nystrom moments over the years. Lots of weird uh, heroes in this game. And it happened again last night, Anne. It did. And this was the hero we have all needed since, I don't know, maybe October 27th or so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so great. This was a great game. And this was the bounce back goal 
that our hero, Tanner, I need to look up your middle name, Jano, needed. Game-winning goal to break what has been probably one of the most excruciating dry spells of offense that Nashville Predators fans have ever had to witness. But uh, great goal by Tanner Janot, game-winning goal to give the Predators the 2-1 win over a really good Winnipeg Jets team, really good team. I would like to think its middle name is If You Don't Know Now. Because then it'd Jano. be Tanner If You Don't Know Now Jano. That's exactly what it is. It's got to be. That's um, what it yeah. is now. It is now. Congratulations, Tanner Jano. You have a new name. <laughs> uh, yeah, the game last night. Quick recap for you. Uh, it didn't get off to a great start. Pierre-Luc Dubois, the aforementioned Bleep Hauser, uh, scores within the first minute. Second period, Preds tie it up thanks to a goal from Cody Glass. That kid is so hot right now. And then as we mentioned, third period, Tanner Janot, the first time since October 27th, finds the back of the net, cleaning up uh, some uh, dirty play in front of the net uh, by Tommy Novak, gets the loose puck and puts it in. Uh, Preds hold on for dear life at the end with the extra attacker pulled. The Jets rang two shots off the post. Preds hold on for a 2-1 win. And your one word to describe last night's game. Okay, while my one word clearly should have been Mentos and Diet Coke, I'm going to go in a different direction, but still in a food group. My one word for last night's game is Miss Audrey's mashed potatoes. Now, Miss Audrey was a woman who, yeah, Miss Audrey, woman I grew up in church with, nice, lovely Swedish woman, um, always was old. I don't think she was ever young. But in the church cookbook, she has a recipe for mashed potatoes, and they are incredible. And I make them for Thanksgiving, and I make them for Christmas. A lot of work goes into them, some different ingredients than just your regular old mashed potatoes, um, sour cream, some cream cheese, just it's a little concoction. They're terrific. People love them on the holidays. They're always a big hit. But what makes Miss Audrey's mashed potatoes amazing is that they are good for up to two weeks. They last. It's not like you have them on Thanksgiving and the day after Thanksgiving and then they go bad and you have to throw them out. They last in the fridge for two weeks. That's can, I ask, what this, can I ask how? I don't know, but they really do. I've tested it and I have like food things. I'm real weird about food things, but you literally can eat these for up to two weeks and they are phenomenal. Is she just dumping Ajax in her potato recipe or? <laughs> Look, I can't tell you all of the secrets. Like okay. there are some secrets that stay within the Swedish church woman cookbook fold. <laughs> But they're they're good for so much longer than what you think they're going to be. And for me, that was the Nashville Predators game last night. You know, they had this team meeting on Saturday. They came out. They responded really well against the L.A. Kings. And we all thought, great, that's good. But then they're coming in and they're facing Central Division rival Winnipeg Jets, one of the best teams in the Western Conference. This is a team with great goaltending, great offense, strong defense. Can the Predators maintain what they got out of that team meeting Saturday and carry it over a little bit longer. And they did. The game last night, despite that early goal, which is something we are going to have to talk about, but the Predators were able to keep whatever that good vibe was that they got out of that meeting Saturday morning and carried into the Kings game Saturday night 
it lasted till Tuesday. And maybe, just maybe, it will last through Thursday when they play the New Jersey Devils. But this game reminded me of Miss Audrey's mashed potatoes because the performance by the Predators, who have struggled with inconsistency this whole season, was just as good last night as it was Saturday night. So for me, Miss Audrey's mashed potatoes. I feel like we should pause this podcast because I'm hungry now. I know. They're so good. I'm not going to lie to you. They're incredible. There, there might need to be a mashed potatoes break coming up here shortly. <laughs> and for me, my mm-hmm. one word is montage. And maybe okay. just because I watched Rocky uh, the other night while I was at the gym. Um, but you know, like some of those like 70s or 80s like sports movies where it's like this, this one, like, you know, for instance, Rocky was super outmatched against mm-hmm. Ivan Drago. There's no way he could beat Ivan Drago. And then what happens in the middle of the movie? I think South Park also made fun of this, right? It's the good old-fashioned training montage. Come on. Where it's like he has that, like, clarity. Like in Rocky Three, that moment where he finally admits to Adrian that he's scared of Clubber Lang. And then after that, that unlocks something. And then comes the montage where you <laughs> just see him really going at it training, working hard. And what happens during the montage? You see him getting stronger as that song goes on, as that montage. Like, you know, for once he's like doing like, you know, kind of really struggling to do like the one arm push-ups and stuff like that. And then like in the middle, he's a little bit better at him. And then the end, he's just doing like, you know, jumping left and right. He's beating Apollo uh, Creed in the, in the sand, like all the way to the end. Um, it's like you see them in a little bit and it feels like the Preds right now are on the middle of that montage. Mm, yeah. Like in the middle where it's like, like, let's pretend the come to Jesus meeting uh, on Saturday was like that big moment before the montage. And now it's like, we're kind of in the middle where it's like, look, they're not where they need to be. They're not at the end of the song yet. They're not doing like one arm pushups with ease. But they're better than they were when the song started. You Love see it. some improvement there. And I feel like that's where the Nashville Predators are right now. They're not what you need to be. But you've looked over their play over, over since that meeting. But especially mm-hmm. maybe a little bit over you know the course of the past month or so. And they're getting better. Like yeah. they're starting to check some of the boxes they need to check to be a good playoff team again. They're getting there. They're not quite there yet, but with each and every game, man, it seems like a few more boxes are getting checked. I love that analogy. I agree with you. I can hear eye of the tiger in the back of my mind. Like I see, you know, Matias at home, struggling to lift a weight and then he's just it's getting a little smoother a little smoother i like this i like where you're going with this if it was matthias eckholm i feel like the end would him be like eating the weight for breakfast <laughs> i feel <laughs> he, like that's no, just he's swedish. he would eat redwood he would, of him. he would just sit down to a whole pan of miss audrey's swedish mashed potatoes and just <sighs> that's all he would yeah. do he would just it's him it just like picking up a tree and like tearing <laughs> it down with a bear hug. yes I love uh, it. More, more from this game in a second, including more uh, Matthias Ekholm analogies here. Also, there was a fight within the first period of the game. 
uh, that has a lot of people around the league talking for a lot of different reasons. We're no different. We're going to dive into that uh, in just a second. But first, want to mention today's show is brought to you by our new sponsor, FanDuel. We all know the NFL playoffs are here. The championship weekend is this weekend, and we're really excited because it's right on time of our new Locked On betting partner. They're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, even better because they have some good introductory features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, join today and get started with a $150 uh, bonus in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Yep, all you have to do is put in $5 and you can get $150 free. That's a pretty good deal if you ask me. All you have to do is sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. And it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL, and now the official betting partner for Locked On Podcasts. All right, Ann. What stood out to you in last night's Preds-Jets game? The thing that stood out to me the most, and it's something that we talked about uh, uh, again with the LA Kings game, Predators come out and they give up an early goal. And it was a rough, that was a rough goal. 40, like 40 seconds into this game, 48 seconds into this game, Winnipeg goes up one nothing. But like we've talked about, you're seeing the Nashville Predators take a punch and keep going. And I will say in the first period, I felt like it took them a little bit of time to get their skates back under them. They had some trouble exiting the defensive zone. They had some turnovers. They needed to clean up the play. But then you really saw this team take a deep breath and get it together for the second and third period. And there really wasn't a stretch of hockey where it looked like, oh my gosh, the Predators are so completely outmatched by the Winnipeg Jets. You know, each team had some extended zone time. Each team had some really good quality chances. Each team had incredible goaltending. But I was really excited again to see Nashville take a hit and keep going. And that's this resiliency component that I think has been missing from the Predators earlier in the season that's led to some inconsistency. So for me, that was kind of the first overall thing that I noticed about this game. Yeah, 100%. And I, I agree with you too. We had talked many times before about the Predators maybe not knowing how to take that punch in the mouth, but um, you know they really outplayed the Jets for for most of this game, uh, mm-hmm. especially in that second period yes. where they were just out buzzing and buzzing and putting everything they can, and then finally broke through with that Cody Glass goal. I mean, we had talked about the second period kind of being like the Achilles heel for the Nashville Predators at points this season, and that was their strongest period last night. But even beyond that, I mean, they were buzzing the entire game. And as you said, there really weren't any long extended stretches mm-hmm. that you watched. And it was like the Preds are getting manhandled here. I mean, the last two right. minutes of the game uh, was kind of an on the edge of your seat. But I mean, yeah, any any time you're playing down uh, five on six, that's going to happen. 
yeah in terms yeah. of skaters but yeah there really wasn't that lull that you thought and it was like oh my god like that's the jets are gonna score here like it, it's yes. coming like it's coming here's the nashville predators again it was over the court. I mean, you know, like we mentioned, the Jets had their, you know, stretches, maybe some, you know, one minute little things here and there. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like in Preds games past where it's just like five, ten minutes of, oh, my God, what are you guys doing? It was yes. very clean all the way around. Yeah. And this was a game where you could say that UC Soros won the game for the Nashville Predators, but it looked different than the other games in the past that we've said UC Soros won this game for the Predators. Because in the past, Nashville did give up those chunks of time where Soros really had to bail them out. Now, he had a phenomenal game. Don't get me wrong. But again, it didn't look like Nashville was outmatched for long stretches of time in this game, which was so reassuring to see because we've seen a lot of that this season. Well, you can say, you know, maybe UC Saros bailed them out towards the end, but you can also say Connor Hellebick was the reason that the Preds didn't blow the Jets out of the water yeah. either. Yes. Because he made some really good saves on the other end. Some surefire goals uh, came off the board, uh, you know, for the Preds. And you look, the Preds dominated the shots on goal 41 to 33. Um yeah, so I mean, you you can't really. I I don't see too much other than maybe some bad turnovers here and there. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. don't see much that you can look at this game from a Predators perspective and be like, oh, this isn't this is like a a stolen win. This is a win they didn't deserve, or this Absolutely. is a win they escaped with. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. This was a win that they as an entire team, you know, played very well defensively. I want to give a shout out. And I I joked with you uh, after the game last night, I could do an entire segment on Ryan Patrick McDonough. Yes. You do know his middle name. I know his middle name. Look, this is a player who is not going to show up on the score sheet very often. He is not going to make the highlight reel uh, very often. This guy, I I'm, I'm just want to encourage everybody, the next time you're sitting down to watch a Predators game, pick, you know, a couple of shifts where he's on the ice and just focus on Ryan Patrick because his defensive play is just subtle but freaking brilliant. Just brilliant. I mean, the way he, you know, plays his angles, the way that he uses his stick, you know, he broke up, you know, several chances that could have been breakaways. I, ha- I want to give a shout out to the defense because Winnipeg in general are very good at executing like these low cross ice passes and, you know, they're scoring a lot of goals with a lot of net front action. And the Predators really controlled that space in front of Soros mm-hmm. and did a great job limiting breakaway chances, rush chances too. So shout out to the defense. But again, huge shout out to just an under underrated under highlighted defensive player in Ryan Patrick McDonough great game from him it really is starting to look like he has been one of the best free agent pickups for the Preds yes this year well not a free agent but trade you you know what I mean offseason edition there's a lot of people skeptical you know the amount of you know time and money left on that deal it was going to be a situation in which you know hey, like the Preds fall apart, like that's kind of uh, one of the things that's going to be impossible to move. You know, Ryan McDonough is not the same defenseman he was, you know, five, six years ago 
but he brings so much defensive value and he's such a smart hockey player. Yes. Like he may have, he, he's clearly, I think, lost a step in terms of speed and stuff, but just his IQ always seeming to be in the right places. He's still physical as none other. Like he is a hard guy to kind of maneuver around and get the puck pass, try to get into space because he blocks that space so well. Uh, a very heady player. And I agree. And somebody uh, that deserves some kudos. Yeah. So who's a player that stood out to you? Who's somebody that you think we definitely need to talk about after that game? Well, let's go back to the conversation we had earlier, Anne, and go to the guy that scored the game-winning goal, and that's Tanner Janot. This is a guy in which we've talked about it before. It just seems like the floodgates were going to open at some point for Mm -hmm. this guy. It's just... It hasn't been a season. I think Roman Yossi himself um, said it in the in the postgame conference when he was talking about uh, Janot's goal. It just feels like uh, the hockey luck hasn't been there for him yeah. this season. But, and you watch the the reaction of that bench when it was Janot that scored the little wraparound uh, off the Tommy Novak play. Like, mm-hmm. that was a, it, it was like, you know, scoring a goal with two minutes left in a Stanley Cup final game. Yes. Almost like they were pumped for him. Yes. And, you know, Roman Yossi said it. It's like, it's good to see a guy that you see working hard and doing all the right things and just hasn't really been rewarded with that goal. And you saw it again last night. I mean, for the, we've talked about it for the past, you know, few games. It just seems like Tanner Janot is always buzzing, always in the middle of the play, always driving to the net, always doing the right things, except putting the puck beyond that goal line and now that he finally has i think that goal a great reflection um of his game uh, of where it's been over the past little bit i agree with you i'm so glad to see him get that i love like it's just poetic hockey justice that it was the game winning goal and quite frankly the roar in bridgestone arena when it was Tanner Janot who did that goal. I mean, Bridgestone, last night, there were periods of time where that is as loud as I have heard that arena yeah, all season long. And it was a Tuesday night, y'all. It was a Tuesday night. But the crowd was so excited for him as well because I think everybody recognizes this is somebody who is doing the work. And I also want to give a shout out to Yakov Trenin and Tommy Novak on that same shift. I mean, these are players that are constantly pursuing the puck. They do not give up on a play. And because of that, they were able to keep the puck in the zone. They were able to keep the chances going and eventually got that you know game-winning goal by Geno. So huge win. And again, this is a player who's been doing all the other things right, just hasn't been able to score. So let's hope this is just, you know, the breath that he needs back in his lungs. And we're just going to see more Tanner Janot goals as we go. Yeah. You mentioned Tommy Novak too. That is a, that is one hell of a mid-season call-up uh, for the yes! Because I just, you know, he's had some mistakes here and there, but I have rarely in in this new in this new era of Tommy Novak, seen him put a foot wrong uh, since yes. he's come back into the Preds lineup. So good for him. Yeah. And uh, there is one other player we need to shout out, and there's a lot of people giving him shout outs um, for what happened in the first period of the game. And that is Alexander Carrier, who unfortunately left the game due to injury not sure if it was related to this or not but 
what happened was Logan Stanley from the Winnipeg Jets, who's six foot seven. Come on. Uh, clobbered Cody Glass. It was a, it looked like a high hit. Looked like he kind of got him in the head. Alexander Carrier, who is the opposite of six foot seven. <laughs> yes, he is fun sized. Went over, no hesitation, just absolutely dropped the gloves, held his own against Logan Stanley for a while uh, until Stanley remembered, wait a minute, I am an entire person taller than this dude uh, and took him down. But just the fact that was Carrie's first NHL fight, by the way, and it was a guy double his size. Gosh, yes. and I think it really does, Anne. Like you, you, you talk to some of these people post game, mm-hmm. and you just kind of felt like how much togetherness in this team there is that a dude like Carrier would just doesn't matter, you know, the size of the other guy. No hesitation goes to bat for the teammate. Yeah, we talked with several of the players and with Coach Hines uh, after the game about like, hey, what? what's going on with Alexander Carrier like out of literally nowhere lost his mind on that hit with Cody Glass I want to play just a comment that uh, head coach John Hines had about Carrier in that fight this is what Hines had to say after the game because when it happened that was the first thought in my mind is like what is he doing and then uh but um, I I don't have an update. Uh, he is injured. I don't have a, a a thorough update for you. But you know I probably will tomorrow or Thursday. Uh, but you know that's a little bit kind of indicative of him. You know he's a little bit of a smaller guy, but it's what makes him a you know a really good player for us is just the the heart and the, and the competitiveness that he has. And you know I think you have to commend him. I mean it was a you know a tough hit on Glasser and probably more of an instinctual competitive play uh, from Carzy and. Um, you know, good on him for doing it, and but he's a, he's certainly a tough loss for sure. Yeah, I love yeah. how he says it was an instinctual competitive play because if you pause for just one second, Alexander Carrier, you will do the math and you will say, you know what, I am better suited to be cast in Bridgerton than I am to take on the <laughs> six seven outweighs me by a ton guy but he just jumped right in there and did that and a lot of the players just spoke to the fact that this is how this locker room feels about each other right now which i think is again a product of an honest uncomfortable meeting they had on saturday so alexander carrier get well soon and i love the clip that cody glass had of him too it was just adorable let's go ahead and play that one too because that's my favorite clip uh, well, not good, first of all, just because I don't want Carzy to fight for me, you know, especially against a guy who's six seven or whatever he is. So I owe him a dinner or new shoes or something. Um, but, yeah, that's just the kind of character Carzy is. He's a great dude. And to fight someone that much bigger than him and um, have my back is something I'll never forget. And that's just kind of the character we have in this team and something I really appreciate. You do need to buy that man some dinner, Cody like yeah. the nicest steakhouse in Nashville. Yeah, I would go with the shoes myself if I was Carrier, but I'm just a shoe person. Maybe he would rather have steak. I don't know. But I love, that, I love that quote by Cody Glass because the question was, how do you feel about him doing it? And he's like, I don't feel really good about it. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a really hard hit. And you know what? Say what you will about how the fight turned out. 
Carrier, I mean, way to step up. And the team talked about, look, that was a fire for us. That made us respond. And I think it helped shake the Preds out of that crap. We gave up an early goal, less than a minute in thing, and really kind of got something different going for them. So hate to see Carrier out. Um, Hines said that it is related to the fight, but had absolutely no information on upper body, lower body, time frame nothing so we don't know yet we'll of course keep everybody updated as we hear things from the team but wow alexander carrier wow stick taps to him and again we hope he's okay uh he didn't play after the first period um again not sure if that's related to the fight or or something else uh, but we hope it's okay and again you know what and like i know people feel a certain way about fighting in the nhl Um, and you know, I'm not one to try to change anybody's opinion on that because I think there's very valid points for me personally. I, I still like it. I still think it has a place in the game when it's something like this, mm-hmm. you know, where, you know, you have a guy taking a run at your players and you want to send a message. It's just like, look, don't do that. Like we will respond. We will not be pushed around. I think that's the message that that sent last night too and again when it's somebody like carrier that's willing to fight the gloves against a guy like stanley who's had a lot of fights he's a big guy that says a lot and i think that does say something about how together this team is and how much love there is in that locker room or it's just instinct you see your buddy um you know get hit roughed up like that and your first instinct is to say like okay i'm bringing it back to that guy i do think there's a place for that in the nhl yeah. And, and, you know, good on Carrier, get better. There were a couple things about the game that I wish Nashville would clean up uh, going forward. Again, they've got New Jersey Devils on Thursday. So that's a whole thing, but penalties again. And, and look, you know, the Predators penalty kill did a fantastic job. You know, they had no, you know, no special teams goals, no power play goals for Winnipeg. But again, it was like those you know, penalties that make me a little bit like crazy, you know, delay of game on Matias Ekholm, uh, tripping at the end of the period. It's those like timing ones too. Jeremy Lazan had a tripping penalty at the end of the second period. So the Predators started the third period, a man down for a minute. Yakov Trenin. Okay, let's talk about the Yakov Trenin late third period, like six seconds left penalty on the cross check against Blake Wheeler. Blake Wheeler must have an honorary degree from the Jim Carrey School of Overacting because are you kidding me on that? Are you kidding me? But, you know, Predators handled that well. It was only six seconds left in the game, won the faceoff, held the puck against the boards, and it was fine. But, again, working on cleaning up those penalties, my friends. Just clean up the penalties. And as we mentioned, the giveaways, too. I think that's one thing you have to change against, especially uh, considering who's on the schedule next, New Jersey. Um, One of the best teams in the NHL this season. That's something that you're you're not going to want to give Jack Hughes or Nico Hishier any extra chances uh, in that one. So that's something that I would love to see them clean up, too. Um, Last game before a two-game break, and... um, do you think it's Lankanen or do you think it's Saros riding out momentum? I would go Saros and ride out the momentum. I mean, they're, I think they're going to have today off, uh, get a, get a good day of rest. And, and I would go Saros, but again, I'll let you know when John Hines calls, <laughs> what would you yeah, do? When, so- yeah. 
I would say Saros, considering yeah. you have a two-week break on the other end. I know Saros plays in the All-Star game. Um, I assume maybe Lincoln gets a start after that. You know, mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, the schedule is certainly lined up for the Preds right now. That's for sure. Um, more, more on that game tomorrow. We'll, of course, have a full preview of Preds, Devils, and some other fun stuff planned for you as well. Until though, till then though, whatever. Hey, Anne, where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. And you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. A lot of back-to-back TH words. Uh, yeah, you can find me at onthefourcheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Also, be sure to follow the podcast at LO underscore Predators. Uh, and yeah, however you're listening to this show, whether you're watching us on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcasting platform like Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, whatever, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you'll always know when we have fresh content out for you. That's going to do it for today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with an all-new episode. We'll see you then.